Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into a game day edition for Thursday, August the 17th of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, Jay Cutler's Miami Dolphins debut in the second week of preseason 2017. Who shined? Who hurt their chances of making the roster? Did the offensive line get better? Did we find Rayquan McMillan's replacement? All that and much, much more after this word from our sponsor. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. All right. And before we get into the meat of the episode today, I have to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and drop me a five-star rating. Write me a nice review. That's how I'm judged by my employer. So it really, really helps me out, helps you guys out, helps me get the podcast out to more Dolphins. So go write me a five-star rating and review. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for national and local coverage of your favorite team. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. I was live tweeting the game today, sent out probably about 50 to 70 tweets, uh, giving my thoughts on the game and breaking down some of the plays we saw. Check out my personal website, thirdand10.com, where there'll be a recap of all the quarterbacks from week two in the preseason coming on Monday and all the quarterback battles going on across the league. All right, so enough of that. Let's get into the show today and talk about the football game played down in Miami as I'm actually recording with five minutes and 42 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, but with a 31 to seven lead for the Baltimore Ravens, I figured I'd go ahead and turn the mic on and get to it and talk about how bad some of these players look tonight, particularly backups and particularly the quarterbacks that really kind of hindered the offense quite a bit down in Miami. So the first drive though, everyone, the thing everyone wants to talk about Jay Cutler, how did he look? Was the synchronicity there? Was the timing there? How'd the arm look? I think you check all those boxes so far for Jay Cutler in his debut. I thought he escaped pressure very well. The two edges that kind of broke in on him a couple of times, he was able to slide up in the pocket. He ducks those shoulders, protects the football, and then gets the ball out. Had a very nice play where he extended, uh, escaped from the pocket to the right, or moved towards the line of scrimmage, and then escaped to the right and found Devontae Parker for a 31-yard reception on a back shoulder throw, but that was negated due to a 10-yard holding call 
on the offensive line. The right tackle, which was Eric Smith, I do believe. Or no, check that. That was Sam Young. Rest of the first team offense, it's hard to get a gauge because of how bad the offensive line has played. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, the first team offensive line, it, it wasn't your typical starting offensive line for the Dolphins. There was Jake Brendel out there again, as well as Sam Young and Anthony Steen, three guys that have really struggled so far in the preseason. Devontae Parker, I mentioned him on the, on the back shoulder throw. Thought he had a rough night as well because of the negated play on that one. That would have made his night a lot better, but he dropped a screen pass that wasn't going to go for much anyway, but you got to catch those footballs. Also missed a block on a Jarvis Landry screen play, which is kind of becoming a theme for him. You know, that's those bunch sets, that screen pass the Dolphins love to run. doesn't really work out when you don't get good blocking and, and the Dolphins aren't really getting that. And they didn't really get it in 2016 either. So not really a surprise there. The running back, Jay Ajayi. Wow, that guy is impressive. He just looked like he's in 2016 form again already. Breaking tackles, running through guys, picking up lots of yards after contact. He caught a pass for about a 12-yard game from Cutler, where Cutler escaped pressure. And Jay Ajayi just looks the part like he always did last year, and excited to see what he can do this year. Mentioned the offensive line, but one guy that actually did block well and had a couple of nice plays in the passing game, Marquise Gray, continues to shine so far. He's the team's third tight end, but I, I have a feeling by the, by this time next year, or by the end of the season this year, We'll be talking about him as possibly the two and maybe even number one tight end, which kind of shows you where the Dolphins are with the tight ends on the roster. But Marquise Gray really getting it done so far, coming across that backside seal block and, and digging out that defender that's coming in trying to cut the running back down from the far side of the formation. Other good parts of the game, defensive line strength. The guy that continues to show up for us, we heard about him all training camp. We heard about him last week against Atlanta and hear about him tonight. Devon Godshow playing with tremendous pad level, tremendous burst. He has a really good powerful base that he generates from a good burst and a get off where he gets under the offensive lineman's pads and just pushes him back into the backfield he did that quite a few times tonight and Donald can sue same story we don't really got to go over that the guy just beats everybody he faces William Hayes once again another big night and then God shows fellow rookie defensive tackle Vincent Taylor had a good night he was in the backfield quite a bit too and it's looking like those two picks might have might have panned out really well for the Dolphins you know defensive tackle was a position of great concern heading into the season and, and, and rightfully so rightfully so with a you know two fifth or a fifth round and a sixth round rookie figuring to be your third and fourth defensive tackles which typically get 40 to 50 percent of the snaps on game day because you know sue and phillips those guys can't go every play i mean sue tries to and phillips is, as we well know has his conditioning issues but you got to have some depth there and the dolphins look to finally have that and just depth across the entire defensive line we all know about cam wake charles harris had some more pressures tonight looking good there from him as well so a good showing from that defensive front at least from the first team we'll get to the second team later on in the episode as far as the secondary goes I told you guys this last week, it's pretty tough to evaluate based on a broadcast, especially when you're just watching the live version and you only have seen it once. I mean, I try to focus on the offensive line and defensive line and then the quarterbacks and their ball handling and, and who wins the routes at the top of the route or the beginning of the route, I should say, as receivers and corners battle. But you can't really get a great feel for secondary play. One of my favorite plays I saw tonight was Rashad Jones coming in and God show had had won the battle with his man and, and moved him aside down the line vertically or excuse me, horizontally, and Rashad Jones filled the gap and made the tackle. And, and Rashad Jones just continues to tackle like like the, like the all-star that he is, the all-pro that he is. So good to have him back. Other secondary members that really played well, we all saw Xavier Howard's interception where he pressed up against the uh, on the boundary and then dropped into a bump-and-run situation, was in the receiver's hip pocket. Ryan Mallett overthrows it, and Xavier Howard reaches out, plays the ball like wide receiver. Really, really nice play. 
Cordrea Tankersley had an interception tonight where he came off the back hip of a ball behind the receiver on a slant route and took it off the hip and took it away from the receiver, which is something you get like to see locate the ball and, and hang on to it too. So good plays there. Byron Maxwell punched out two fumbles tonight. That's kind of his specialty. You know, Charles Peanut Tillman from the Chicago Bears a couple of years ago, he was he was known for that. And that's kind of what Byron Maxwell is becoming known for too, is punching the ball out. He always kind of has had that good steady hand. He likes to stand guys up and punch it out, but it, it worked for him tonight. But I was excited to see some more press bump and run from the corners on the edges pressing at the line of scrimmage and then getting in that that drop and, and turn and run. So saw some of that. Not sure how much of that you'll see during the season, but it was there tonight. And then moving down the depth chart on some guys that, that shined tonight that I was really impressed with. Terrence Fade, he's probably the fifth defensive end right now, but maybe even fourth if Charles Harris is more of a one of those specialist uh, pinch hitter type of guys that comes in with fresh legs and tries to get some, some pressure on the quarterback. But if Terrence Fade is having a great preseason so far, expect him to make the roster yet again, a fourth year for a seventh round draft pick. Good for him, make, making some money. Probably going to get a contract next year from somebody, whether it's us or elsewhere, but good for Terrence Fade. Sonoris Perry, I, I had text, or not text, <laughs> I tweeted about him on a run prior to the touchdown run where he 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 pressed the issue at the mesh point on an outside stretch zone. And what that means is the quarterback's going to meet him at a certain point and the running back wants to get going horizontally to stretch the defense out and then hit it up inside. And he does that pretty well. And I, I was pretty excited to see that he had that good run tonight before the touchdown run. And then on the touchdown run, the mesh point where the handoff happened, there was contact in the backfield. And as he's kind of cradling the football to, to make possession of it or get possession of it. He squeaks through a hole where he gets skinny and slides through and doesn't lose any speed and runs in for a touchdown. That play was well blocked too. So Sonoris Perry has a, a very good night, but the good blocking comes from the two right guys on the right side that I think really garner some attention for their play tonight, as well as kind of in the first game too, at least for one of them. And that's Isaac Asiata playing right guard. Completely washes his man out of the out of the play, out of the formation, and takes him across and, and does what he wants with him. And then Eric Smith comes across and hits a big block to to win that play and, and get a touchdown. So good job by the, the backup offensive lineman on that play. It's kind of difficult to evaluate them against second teamers, but you know they got to start somewhere. So hopefully we'll start seeing more of these guys get on the field with the first team next week. I want to see Juwan James in there because I want to see the first team get a, at least a few series together before we go into Tampa Bay or before Tampa Bay comes into Miami for the week one game. But it's good to see those guys get a little bit of rhythm there. And and I wouldn't mind seeing Eric Smith get a run with the ones as well. And then the last one that I was impressed with late in the game was Cameron Malvo. And he's had a, he had a sack last week, had another stuff in the backfield in this game. So he's playing well, trying to get himself into that defensive line rotation for the opening day roster. Got a steep hill to climb because of how talented and how deep that group is. But he is definitely asserting himself into the running for that. All right, so when you lose a game 31-7, to you're not going to have all good things to say. And there's plenty of bad stuff to get corrected about tonight's game as we wind down the fourth quarter here with two minutes to go, and the score is still 31-7. But the Ravens are threatening, so that could get even worse as number 49 dies in there for a tackle. Number 49 is the linebacker. Junior Silvestre, that's the new guy that came over. I just, just wrote him down today. So he makes a nice play in the backfield there, but that's neither here nor there. So the offensive line, we talked about it off the jump. The, the first team was made up with Anthony Steen at center, Jake Brendel at right guard. No, check that. Jake Brendel at center, Anthony Steen at right guard, and Sam Young at right tackle. And that was a bit of a 
let's call it a disaster because that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, they got to get that starting five out there as soon as possible, and I, I hope for next week because Sam Young, there was a blitz, a cornerback blitz off the edge where they stunted him inside, and Ladarius Webb ran, ran right past him, and by the time he got his head around, the cornerback was already in there for the sack. It was pretty ugly. Jake Brendel missed an assignment on a screenplay where he chipped the center and should have been out in, in the open first, so that was that was pretty ugly. And then Anthony Steen, it's, it's kind of the same story with him. He's, he's pretty much a, a whiff blocker and, and not really the most – savvy when it comes to finding his assignments so a lot of work to do on the offensive line this team you know if, if they get an injury to either tackle it's it's probably going to be a very long season and even if they lose one guy in the interior it could be a quite a bit of a mess you know the three guys that are really banking on Juwan James Mike Pouncey and Laramie Tunzel have all missed games in the last few years even going back to college for Tunzel so a bit of a concern there you know what are you going to do with with the backups that are not going to be here much longer, but those guys, some of those guys are going to be playing on Sunday. So you got to get something going. Hopefully that happens next week in Philadelphia for the final, you know, preseason preparation for the regular season to start. Besides the offensive line, there was some issues as well on defense in particular. But before we get to that wide receivers, you know, last week we all got excited about the 99 yard touchdown catch from Demora Strangfellow. We know we saw Francis Owusu had a nice touchdown catch. Jakeem Grant had a nice catch. Leonte Carew, all these guys getting involved. This week, that didn't happen. I'm going to go ahead and credit that to the quarterbacks because David Fales missed a touchdown pass to Marquise Gray. Brandon Dowdy, you know, these guys aren't NFL talents. They, You figure you might get Dowdy on the practice squad again. I, I can't imagine anybody's going to want to sign him off there. So Fales probably gets cut. Dowdy, practice squad, just a camp arm to, to keep the scout team rolling. But the backup quarterbacks here behind Matt Moore, just not good. And speaking of Matt Moore, he wasn't anything special tonight either. He had first His first pass was a about a 15-yard in cut from Devontae Parker that was thrown low and behind and the, right into the defender who was able to break up the pass. So Matt Moore had another rough night. I just You kind of see him. Maybe he doesn't really treat these games as that important because it, it's kind of been a theme where he's not very good in the preseason in the last few years. So that's why I was kind of surprised to see him play okay at the end of the year last year. But the quarterback play just not been good, and it affected the receivers tonight. Stringfellow actually had a nice play where he got behind the defense, and it was it was close. It was a, you know coverage was kind of close, but the throw was way underthrown and, and didn't have a chance to make a play. So quarterbacks really holding the receivers back tonight. And we've just gone final by the way, thirty-one to seven Baltimore. So that's the end of week season <laughs> week season preseason game number two, thirty-one to seven Baltimore Dolphins fall to one and one. Responsible for that one and one was most of the defense and particularly the linebackers. I thought tackling tonight was a lot worse than we saw in week one. Uh, the the replacements for Rayquan McMillan just aren't there right now. Mike Hole. He, he has a hard time getting off blocks. He gets washed into the wrong gap quite often. The fall steps going downhill and then ends up chasing the play from behind. Deion Lacey had a rough night tonight. He missed a tackle that led to a big catch and run from Max Williams. He was in on that punt cut, that punt block that was a disaster. Special teams was just a total disaster tonight with fumbling a kickoff, getting a blocked punt, some penalties. Just a really bad night for Darren Rizzi's group. And then linebacker Chase Allen also had some, some – he had some plays here and there. I liked the way he looked. I think he's going to make the roster – as a you know lower level linebacker special team type of guy, they had they ran with Mike Hole and Chase Allen on the nickel package of the second team defense. So Deion Lacey comes off as those three linebackers and, and Hole and Allen stay on. So that kind of tells you where they're looking at there because two linebackers is typically your base defense. So a lot of work to be done there. Besides Kiko Alonso and Lawrence Timmons, this team is really really looking for some help at linebacker because I I think that you're pretty much too deep at this point. And you hope that one of those guys can step up, but it's just not happening yet. Hopefully that gets there, but not not yet. And we move on to the next part of this defense that we're struggling. That was the secondary. 
Bobby McCain missed a tackle on a on a pretty easy you know wind up that he had to come in and make a play and he just couldn't get it done. I mentioned it's kind of hard to get a look at these guys, but you know Cordray Tankersley I thought had a pretty good night chasing and running with guys. Other than that though, not a lot to write home about, especially in the second half of the game. Some of those back end of the of the roster types of guys just didn't really play very well. You know Michael Thomas is what he is at this point. Maurice Smith, Tory McTire missed another tackle tonight, so rough night for those guys. Lastly here, Jordan Phillips, uh, boy, he jumped off sides on a play. I thought he was off sides. It was his first play of the game. I thought I was going to have to ream him a new one, but actually the offensive line jumped first, so it was a false start. But he just gets so many plays where he's washed out or he plays too high, plays too stiff. He needs to take a page out of Devon Godshow's book because that guy's outplaying him every step of the way, and I would be completely shocked if Godshow didn't win the starting job for the opening day game in Tampa or against Tampa Bay. So the Dolphins fall in week two of the preseason to go to one and one next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll be sure to get that game for you guys. I'll be live tweeting that one again as well. That's going to do it for this show. I'll, I'll do a, a more extensive rewatch of the game and get back to you guys on Monday and, and try to find out some more about the secondary play and just kind of get deeper into the evaluation. But that was the f- initial thoughts from the game tonight. You know, lots of good stuff, more bad than good, but we'll get there. It's a long season. The preseason doesn't really mean a whole lot, but we're only 16 days away from opening day, guys, so that's something to look forward to. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps me out. Leave me a rating and a review. That would be fantastic. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL, and check out 3rdand10.com. We'll be back on Monday for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.